Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I wanted to just take a minute to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This disastrous decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision also sets the stage for taking away other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help and what you can do if you need access to abortion care, go to choice.crd.co. All of us here at This Is The Greatest Song I've Ever Heard In My Entire Life encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today I am joined by Anna Williams, the violinist of the Neve Trio, who just recently released a new album, Musical Remembrances, featuring pieces by Rachmaninoff, Brahms, and Ravel. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's so fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, this is very exciting because... Broadly speaking, our our guests have sort of existed in the pop music world, and so I'm excited to talk to someone who's sort of existing outside of that, but I also don't want to make any assumptions about your musical background. So maybe we can start um, by talking about, do you have any specific like early musical memories of when you fell in love with music, either playing the violin or just listening to music? Oh my gosh. So first of all, I think it's so cool to get to be here because good music is good music and some of it is pop and some of it is classical and some of it is rap or, or bluegrass or, you know, I mean, good music is good music. I think we're all on the same page when it comes to that. I would say that as a little kid, the biggest kind of feelings were expressed so beautifully and so fully through music and whether it was through listening to records my mom had a you know a recording of Bobby McFerrin and Yo-Yo Ma which was one of my very favorites growing up I think the album was called Hush it was this like incredible genius kind of collaboration. So whether it was that in the car with my mom or, you know, listening to Paul Simon with my dad, that was always one of his favorites or, you know, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Disney movies, those things as kids, music being the sort of emotional connector that you could tap into no matter the vocabulary, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Well, I, I'm curious then when you started playing, was it in reaction to this strong feeling that you had about music or was it sort of, you know, you played violin because you were in school and that's what happened and then you fell more in love with it? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I actually, the way that I started violin has everything to do with communication, weirdly. As a little kid, I had this speech thing, very run-of-the-mill kind of a speech, whatever, uh, idiosyncrasy, shall we say. What happened? The story was that I went to a speech therapist and the speech therapist was not not excellent with the children. You know, she did the thing of like, and I, I still remember this, which is what's so weird about it. But she sort of did that thing of like, do you realize that you're very different and all these oh, things? Oh, no. I know, right? Yeah. So, so why am I telling you this story? Because I was taken to the speech therapist. Clearly, I got over whatever the speech therapy was to the chagrin of anyone who has to 
you know, listen to me talk. Um, <laughs> but I uh, was taken out of the therapy session by my wonderful mom. And she was like, oh my God, we got to redirect. We got to replace this memory with something positive. So she turned to me and she said, Did you, didn't you say you wanted to play violin? And at the time I had been asking to play violin. And I said, yeah. So we literally walked to the local music school. My mom said to the very kind receptionist with, you know, she's there with me at six and a half years old. And she goes, I don't care who it is. I just need someone who's really nice. I need someone with a good attitude. Mm -hmm. And they were like, got it. We're on it. And, um, I was paired with this wonderful teacher, Doobie. If you're listening, you are the best. And, um, I studied with her for seven years. So, right. It's kind of wild. It was that feeling of having this barrier to communicate that actually led to, the beginning of, of learning this instrument that I now, you know, it's my world. I, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this is off topic, but it's like, what a difference it makes having a teacher who is kind, you know? It's oh my like, God. You know, some teachers are so discouraging and what a difference it makes when you have someone who's really nice and just wants you to have fun and learn and it can take you so much further. So shout out to all the teachers, the good a ones. Thousand per- oh my God. Oh my God. And I feel like teachers like you have such a role in molding wh- whoever it is how you know if it's little kids or 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 not you know that, that the, the what you've been given when you're given someone's trust as a as a teacher is so tremendous and so yeah you're impacting teachers impact lives in the biggest way so yeah good teachers oh my god god bless all the good teachers that support yeah. <laughs> So then jumping forward, as you're getting older and and becoming more accomplished as a musician, did you ever feel, and I ask this because I have felt this way throughout my whole musical life and career, is this sort of tension between being in the, you know, quote unquote classical world and the, you know, whether it's pop or musical theater or, or other side of that. Did you feel a sort of tension in that as you were growing as a musician? You know, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't say that I did because I feel, so I, you know, I, I had my violin lessons and then I, I, I'm from the Boston area. So I grew up going to NEC prep, which is a, a really great pre-college program here at, at New England Conservatory. And then I ultimately went to the Walnut Hill School, which is a performing arts high school. And, you know, you were mixed in with kids who were in musical theater and drama and visual art and dance and poetry, everything. So again, it was, I guess I'm coming back to this means of communication thing. It was all sort of expression. And I never felt like one was above the other. I think in actuality, the stuff, the sort of the good stuff that like gets us going taps into those big feelings. I mean, speaking for myself, I can feel it when listening to Brahms or playing, you know, Ravel or uh, anything of the sort of canon as much as I can feel it, frankly, listening to Hamilton. I mean, like the big feelings and the stuff that makes us feel connected, it's the same. We're just using different idioms, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I particularly feel lucky getting to experience in such a regular way, meaning when I get to dive into the repertoire that we do regularly perform, it's all that. And it's not tied to a specific language. And by that, I mean, like actual words, you know, so right, it's, right, it's this absolute right. music. And so it's timeless. I mean, I'm biased, I suppose, but but it feels very expansive and, and sort of 
it can encompass all the feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you keep coming back to that imagery of like big feelings, big emotions. Is that really what like resonates with you, whether it's a pop song or a musical theater song, or when you're deciding what kind of repertoire to play with your trio? I wonder if you have more specific thoughts on like, what does that mean to you, these big emotions? Right. Oh, that's such a great question. I mean, it's sort of a, a broad statement that gets very specific because every composer, every piece, every every genre has its own nuances and and special things. When I'm in the in the trio and we're approaching a piece, we're talking about colors and textures and oh, a harmony changed here, and what would happen if it hadn't? Like, what is that? What does that feel like if it didn't? How does that impact? How does your chord? change there and not on you know on the downbeat but on the on the offbeat how does that impact the way that i then enter so it's almost crafting a scene i wonder if we can in that same light, talk about this new release and how you picked this repertoire and and why it's called Musical Remembrances. Mm. We've obviously been through a very challenging few years for everyone, and mm. it's being released in a even more challenging time globally. I wonder if, you know, was that something that was, was on your minds picking this repertoire? So yeah, when it came to choosing these pieces, the stars aligned in the strangest of ways, which is we had begun work on them before the shutdown happened. And then during the shutdown, we found ourselves really living with these pieces and living with these composers as much as people and their actual stories as their work. And in each of these cases, you know, we really realized art doesn't exist in a vacuum, um, even when it's these, you know, capital G greats of our of like all time, you know, Ravel, Brahms, and Rachmaninoff. Each of them was dealing with some really human stuff and, and sort of those questions that we're all facing of like, what do we do with our time and what is it that we might leave behind? So as an example, the Ravel, which is like an all-time favorite piece of mine for all the sort of reasons we've touched on of colors and scenes and sort of this otherworldly quality that he manages to convey, as well as big heartfelt emotions. He wrote this piece in a matter of weeks. And the reason that he wrote it so quickly, it wasn't because he, you know, was just in a hurry. He was going off to serve in the war, in the Great War. So it's wild to think that this piece, in all of its complexity, and it's one of those pieces where you know people will write dissertations as to the detail of why it's so complex and genius and all that, but this really complex, really masterful work, he wrote it in weeks. In that context, he must have known, he must have thought on some level that perhaps this could be the last thing that he would leave right, behind. Right. So that as an example. Yeah, and so powerful to have picked this so long ago and for it to now be released in this context is, yeah, it's incredible. Mm. So with all of this in mind, Anna, what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. So don't judge me too hard. <laughs> no judgment. This but, is, this is a great pick. Okay. I mean, there are so many contenders. I could have picked so many that, that was like, pick your favorite ice cream. It's like, wait, <laughs> that's not fair. There's too many options. Oh my God. But this is one of those ones that 
every time I even think of it in my in my mind, every time I hear it in my mind, I get weepy. And it's from Mary Poppins. It's Feed the Birds. Yeah. <laughs> Feed the birds, tuppence a bag, tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag. I can't with the song. It's so, and it sort of taps into what we were saying before. Of like, that was definitely one of those big feelings, little kid like awakenings of oh my god yeah what is happening in my heart right now (laughs) this is such a great pick so it's uh, of course it's from mary poppins 1964 composed by the sherman brothers it's maybe not it's not the song that i think of when i think of mary poppins right right? there's so many other you know flashier or more i don't know more covered more interpreted songs so what is it about i mean of course like you were just saying it is it's beautiful it's very tender and sentimental you know do you have like was there a specific connection to it or reaction to it when you had as a child like why why is it this one of all the mary poppins oh my god oh my god i could talk about dissertation i should write one on this (laughs) i think um Oh, so I have a very vivid memory of being a really little kid. And for some reason, I I was up in what felt like the middle of the night. I think I had like a stomach bug or something. And when I was feeling better and my mom was very, very wonderful, I've always was like made sure I was tended to, but I was still not feeling great. And it was one of those like middle of the night, real talk, it was probably like midnight, but it felt like middle of the night because I was little. Mm -hmm. I was given permission that I could watch Mary Poppins, that that would somehow make my, my tummy feel better. And so I remember being really little and it was just me and Mary Poppins and like the Banks kids, that's fine. But like just me and Mary Poppins and and she's, you know, she's essentially talking them in. It happens, I believe, when she's explaining to the kids how their dad is like, you know, he's having a a little hard time, right? Like, and she's explaining it in a way that like kids can get it and she's touching on I'm sorry to say it for the umpteenth time already, but like big feelings of like compassion Mm -hmm. and empathy and, and treating each other well and being kind. And like, I remember like sitting on the edge of the couch and Julie Andrews, I mean. Yeah. Julie Andrews. It's so. uh, Like. I got to say, I'm, I'm tearing up right now, by the way, just thinking about this. So, so this is, you're right. This is a perfect pick. (laughs) Oh. See, she's doing her job. She's doing yeah. her job. It, it's like you said, it's this very, <laughs> oh. it's a beautiful moment in the film because it's it's her using this sort of story about this poor woman who yeah. she has nothing and she still gives it away to feed the birds, right? And this story, oh. sort of lesson on, on charity and empathy because of the hard yeah. decision that their dad is making finan- that will financially impact them, right? Well, and that they're having this moment that then they have to, as little kids, they have to extend empathy to right. their dad, which is like, what? What are you asking me to do as a child? You know, and then, oh my God, when they have the actual birds and the strings swell and it's like above the cathedral, uh, the saints, they smile each time someone shows that they care. Yeah. Like, forget it. It's <laughs> over, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm literally getting chills just, just thinking about Julie Andrews and this magic that she creates. And I got to say, the first time we went to London, <laughs> I shouldn't be admitting this when I'm going to. The first time we went to London and we went to that cathedral and when it connected right. in my brain, I was literally, I was like, it's birds. This is it. Birds. Wow. And I'm not going to say I didn't cry because I'm I might have shed. Yeah. 
And of course, not enough could be said about Julie Andrews' voice and the tone of her voice. And I'm sure it'd be beautiful hearing anyone sing it, but she just has this otherworldly timbre to her voice that is just unbelievable. Angelic, bell-like. I mean, it doesn't get better. She's just, whew, that we, like as little kids were, you know, like The Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, whatever. I, you know, little kids, we get to experience Mary Poppins in a way that is relatable. And like, wow, we have, those are some high standards. You know, it's so, it's so interesting. (laughs) And, and I I would never speak ill of my parents, but I did not watch either The Sound of Music or Mary Poppins until I was in college because I had never seen them. And I said, this is crazy. How have I never seen these films? Interesting. And I watched them more or less back to back. And I was like, oh my God, like... (laughs) These are the these are the greatest She's films. Amazing! I I still think Mary Poppins. If you watch it start to back, I mean, I I'm not employed right. by the Disney company. I don't know why I'm going off on such a tangent, but <laughs> but it is for me. And I mean, again, I don't want to offend anybody, but like it is timeless. Yeah. You can always find something to to recognize here. Yeah. You know, maybe you're the Mr. Banks right. in that moment, or maybe you're the lady feeding the birds, or somewhere in between. But yeah. Listen, it's amazing. Like, I just, I can't. It's a lot. (laughs) Wow. You know, it all, in my view, it all comes back to what are we connecting with each other on? What is the medium for that? And, you know, if it's Brahms or if it's Hamilton or Mary Poppins or, I don't know, Billie Eilish or whatever, you know, that's the point, right? Is that we're experiencing, we're we're all in this crazy world together. And it's like, how can we find those ways to connect? And, um, yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing. Well, that's a perfect place to leave it off. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you and the Neve Trio online? Oh, thanks so much for asking. It was so fun. Thank you for talking about Mary Poppins with me. Um, yeah, anytime. <laughs> might, have to, might have to pick this conversation up yeah. again. <laughs> you can find Neve Trio at nevetrio.com, N-E-A-V-E-T-R-I-O, nevetrio.com. And we're also on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. So yeah, we'd be delighted to connect with uh, with people who like music. <laughs> all the kinds. <laughs> yeah, of course. And and of course, everyone should go listen to Musical Remembrances, your new album, and, and all the other ones. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Good music is good music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. Thanks for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review and uh, tell a friend. Follow us on social media at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight Song Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Doing a lot of cool stuff on TikTok. Big thanks to Catherine and Izzy who helped produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music, and of course to you for listening. And once again, please be sure to go to choice.crd.co for information on how you can help, how you can donate, and how you can get help if you need access to abortion care. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you next time.